Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome in, everybody. Happy Tuesday. It is June 27th, 2023, which means this is the final show of the month of June. And that also means, in turn, Joe, we are getting closer. We are getting closer to kickoff. Now, I think there's, what, 74, as we tape this, 74 days until the first game at Williams-Brice. That would be 67 days until the first game of the season, which would be in Charlotte against North Carolina. Football is right around the corner. All right. And as we get into July, typically in the last two years, we're talking about big recruiting months for South Carolina. Right. We talked about it going back to even June, Uh, even going, I mean, shoot, uh, before June, going back to May, going back to April, how the month of June in such a small sample size in the Shane Beamer era has been very successful. Seven pickups in each of the last two years, 2021-2022. This year, not exactly the same, but at the same time, too, USC is so much further ahead going into the month of June, and they're so much further ahead still from a talent standpoint as we come to a close with the month of June. And June's not over yet. Still got a couple days till the end of the week. But July could be a very big month. And you don't even have to take my words for it. You don't want to trust me. It's fine. Dante Reno, in a recent story we did, actually it was just yesterday. Those are his words. We'll get to that. Uh, we'll recap the weekend that was a big official visit weekend for South Carolina, which will play a big part as to what we're going to get into with Reno, Reno's comments. Uh, another pickup for South Carolina, David Busey. We'll talk about Busey as well. And we'll also get into the comments made today by new USC track and field coach Tim Hall talking about Nicholas Harbor. First opportunity to talk to the new head coach after the news of legendary coach Curtis Fry retiring. So intern Joe, let's just get right into it. Official visit weekend. We knew it was going to be massive from South Carolina. We knew. You've seen videos. You've seen tweets. uh, You've seen a lot of positivity. Coming out over the last, I'd say, 24, 48 hours since the official visit weekend wrapped up, at least as of right now. I know some people are like itching, itching for a welcome home tweet. Outside of that, which I understand is very important. Outside of that, though, everything is very positive and be very patient. I know it's tough. Be patient. But right now, you got to like what USC was able to do this weekend, especially with how the reaction has been on social media from some of the guys that were there. 
Yeah, absolutely, Mike. And everybody watching, good evening. Happy Tuesday, obviously. Uh, but yeah, no, big, big weekend for South Carolina football um, in, in terms of recruiting, although the welcome homes may not reflect that. I know a couple of people on Twitter and whatnot, they were kind of expecting a bigger weekend with as much hype that was going into this weekend. Um, but I mean, Mike, between us, I, I think we kind of knew that this wouldn't be a weekend where it was, you know, you get five or six, seven welcome homes. I figured, you know, this weekend was more of setting up for, for the future mm -hmm. and, you know, putting your chips in for the guys that are going to commit in July. And we'll get to Dante's comments about the month of July here in a second. But I mean, Mike, I think it was from everything I've heard and, and seen, I think it was a very successful weekend um, for the guys that they had on campus. Obviously there was one, Welcome home, which was huge. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so it wasn't a complete um, waste in terms of getting a welcome home. You got one, um, which is a good sign. And then, you know, you put, like I said, putting all your chips in towards the guys that are going to commit in July. And the guys that are going to commit in July are massive for mm -hmm. this class. Very, very, very big um, players. If you can land them, I mean, you're pretty much solidifying a, a top five class in 2024. Um, and, and I think, I mean, and I'm, I feel pretty good about that statement, right? Like top five, if you find a way to land Dylan Stewart, which everything is trending in the right direction, Jonathan Paler, um, is another big one. Um, I think if you can land those guys, it's, it's putting you in a really, really, really good position to finish with a top five class in 2024. And I'm about to pull up a couple of the charts here on on three. So we can look at some of these guys specifically. I know we want to get into Dylan Stewart, but some of the guys that South Carolina is looking at that were on campus from this past weekend. I'll say this. There's a difference. See, and it'll help. Once we talk about David Busey, too, everything will kind of connect with what I'm trying to get at. It's real easy right now to look at what South Carolina uh, has done over the last couple of years from a recruiting standpoint and they have started to go up and that's not to take anything away. I know people really want to bash Will Muschamp. We've talked about it before. Muschamp was able to bring in some talented players. The issue with the Muschamp era, it never came to fruition when you're talking about the team side of it, right? You've been able to see a lot of talented players go off and go play in the NFL that Muschamp recruited. The players at South Carolina has been able to recruit it's been translating into wins now. Again, small small sample size, only two years. But because of that and because of the vision that Beamer has and how the attitude in the building, because we've talked about this before, Marcus Lattimore's comments before, how it felt more like a workplace. It felt more like an NFL uh, program, the way they were running it in comparison to college, which, yeah. again, you can run it. That way, if you're a Nick Saban, you can run it if you're one of those coaches who have had success before things have really started to change over the last five, ten years, really, in college sports. Beamer is doing it his own way. You know, I mean, there's no blueprint of what you have to do. You ha I think that's the problem, too. You look at it from an NFL standpoint, you think of Bill Belichick, you think of college, I think of Nick Saban. Mm -hmm. Not all of these guys who go off, they have success the same way. They want to replicate it. Yep. Right. Kirby smart outside of Kirby. 
You know, Lane Kiffin's had some success. Jimbo's had some success. Mm -hmm. But when you look across the board, no one has been able to have the same type of success as a Nick Saban, right? No one's been able to have the same type of success in the NFL as a Bill Belichick. You have to do it your own way. So I say all that because it's real easy to say all that with the recruiting and still be like, man, why isn't South Carolina being able to land a guy like this yet? Or why, do, why, why are they still bringing in so many three-stars, which I want to get into about David Busey. Yeah. At the end of the day, where South Carolina is right now, as of today, I'm going to bring this up, where they are right now, they are ranked 13th in the country, according to our on three 2024 industry rankings of uh, team recruiting. So I, I'm bringing all this up in turn, Joe, because it kind of frustrates me just a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah. Okay. How some people are disappointed from this past week. I, I don't think everyone is. I'm not lumping in everybody, but some people are disappointed. And they want to see the four stars. They want to see the five stars. They get pissed off when they see a three star now. First off, who the hell are you? You're South Carolina. You're South Carolina. Your head coach got fired not too long ago. There's a reason why Shane Beamer came in here, and God bless him. The the man has done a tremendous job of cleaning up the mess and getting the ship headed in the right direction. Mm -hmm. With that being said, though, it takes time. However, intern Joe, you look at this. I mean, I wasn't that great at math, okay? And this is what we'll talk about with the David Busey stuff. Look where South Carolina is. They got eight four-stars. We're not even at the end of the month of June yet. Eight, Mm -hmm. okay? It's the same number as Clemson. I know they got five stars. I get that. But just look, okay? I want to give people a quick history lesson. South Carolina has more four stars committed right now before the end of the month, the month of June, than they've had in history. Now, granted, I will give people this. Things have certainly changed over the last couple of years. More players are committing a little bit earlier, right? But they have more four-stars committed before we reach July than ever before. In some, some, not all, not all. In yeah. some still like feel like it's not enough. They are a hell much, they, they are so much further ahead than yeah. I think some people believe. And that's why I wanted to go on that rant intern, Joe. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into Busey we'll in a little bit. Yeah. But the point being is, this team, they're, they're they're still ahead compared to where they were the year before and compared to where they were two years before and compared to where they were before Beamer even got here from a yeah. recruiting standpoint in the month of June. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. And I so a couple of things here. Like you mentioned, you have to be different to, to succeed. You, you mentioned Bill Belichick, Nick Saban. And what South Carolina is doing in recruiting right now, I think is pretty different from the rest of the country. I don't think you really see – that many coaches get into a school that had been kind of dead in the water in the, in the must champ eras um, and, and do what Beamer's doing right now. I think, you know, and from everything we've heard from these recruits about how much different South Carolina is and how real the staff is, I'm, you know, I, I'm getting the vibes of that. So they are doing something differently in recruiting apart from yeah. everyone else. And so obviously that's translating into success. And two, my thing with, the whole, like, I mean, this is just recruiting rankings. We don't know what kind of players these guys are until they step on the field, right? This is all, you know, before the horse gets here. And so I think this year we're going to start to see some of 
the recruits in, in the Beamer era take the field and, and start to produce. Um, we saw it a little bit with Stone Blanton last year. We're going to see a little bit for Pop Power this year. But we're going to start to see these guys that may have been a little undervalued. Like, we're going to bring up David Busey. But yep. a little bit undervalued that are going to play up to a four-star, five-star level. Um, I think we're going to really start to see that. Now, I mean, I, I think with these recruits starting to come in and starting to, you know, make their own in, inside the building, it's really, 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 really good because now Beamer has his guys in here. There's no more excuses of, oh, they're, they're must-champ guys still in here. These guys Beamer didn't recruit. No. These are the guys that, you know, all of the hype behind how well Beamer recruits and, and how good of a coach he is and how he's finding diamonds in the rough. This is it. Like, this is the time that, you know, we start to see these guys start to produce and play above their star rating and whatnot. So I'm, I'm excited. I think, you know, this is the start, essentially, of the Beamer era. We've seen it in recruiting. Now it's time for that recruiting to start paying off. Um, and this 2024 class, it looks – Great. I mean, obviously you got one more year until these guys get on campus, but we talk about depth and again, we'll get into Busey after this, but um, they have a lot of glue guys in this class already. Um, and you mentioned how many of them were committed before the month of mm -hmm. July. I think that's also huge. It shows how much these guys want to be together, how much they, they care about guys in their class and they want to, you know, set the foundation early so that way they can go out and get more players and make it, you know, a top five class in the country. So, uh, yeah, obviously, Mike, hold your horses um, on, on, on the welcome homes and stuff like that. Um, it was obviously one big recruiting weekend, but this weekend, like I said, was more of a, a pitch weekend. You were putting all of your chips in, one last impression for some of the guys that are making their last official visits and hopefully committing mm -hmm. it to um, I brought up Jonathan Paylor. He, brought, or he tweeted his top five today. Um, South Carolina was obviously in it. Um, so, I mean, you're going to start to see in July – um, these guys start to commit and then things start to change, especially from that 13th. Well, let's get right into that. Let's get right into that intern, Joe. And I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. Yeah. Dante Reno. And, th and this kind of, this go, everything that we're talking about right now, I know it seems like we might be hopping around from one thing to another. It all, it all connects, all connects. Yeah. Okay. Dante Reno, who of course has done a tremendous job when it comes to being, at the forefront, especially for this class, when it comes to recruiting, and he also helped out a lot with the class of 2023. We had an interview with him just yesterday. Reno was in town, one of the many players that were here over the weekend for the final official visit weekend of the month for South Carolina. And I'm just going to read a couple of the quotes. If you want to see the full story, head on over to Gamecock Central. You may have seen... One quote in particular, because it was turned into a graphic by on three. So I'll repeat that one in a little bit, but there's another one that you may not have seen yet. If you want to see the full story again, head on over to Gamecock central because Reno was very open. He was an open book. And what Reno said, what Reno said was, okay. Quote in the month of July, we're really going to blow up. We have a lot of people announcing who haven't announced, and I think we're going to get a lot of people before that Carolina cookout. Now, for those people that aren't aware what the Carolina cookout is, you will have both committed, uh, both non-committed players, their families. They'll come back to South Carolina for a cookout at the end of July. A huge opportunity, again, to be able to 
really make a last good impression before the season starts and you have to start getting ready for your own season. That doesn't mean recruiting stops, but right before things really start to pick up. So I say that because Reno went on to say, the month of July is going to be huge. Like I tweeted out the other day, everything is going as planned. He went on to uh, also say, which was tweeted out and posted on Instagram, quote, it was probably the perfect OV, perfect official visit, I'd say. I wouldn't be surprised if we go 100% with the kids who weren't committed within the next couple of months. So I say that because, again, take everything with a grain of salt, right? I mean, Dante is going to be very optimistic. But in turn, Joe, it's not just Reno saying these things. Yeah. What is this? What is this in turn, Joe? Looking pretty good. It's it. What what is that, Mike? That is the national media starting. What did we say? What did we? What were we talking about last week? We've been saying it all along. I mean, now just last week, favorite for Dylan Stewart. Intern Joe, just last week we showed this, and the percent I believe on South Carolina was three point two, three point one. So again, I'm bringing these things up here because connecting the dots with what Reno said, with what you said, intern Joe, which is, hey, I know some people may have liked to have seen some more welcome home tweets over the last 24, 48 hours, yep. right? Again, patience, patience. Because look at South Carolina, the RPM, the recruiting prediction machine. And I know at the end of the day, you with these things, they can always go up and down. But they, it is giving you a real-time feel of what's going on. And in turn, Joe, you and I have been talking about it for the last couple of weeks about mm-hmm. Dylan Stewart. Don't sleep on the Gamecocks. And now you see this right now. Media and I can tell you, I'm talking to people in the national media, talking to people that don't cover the Gamecocks, they're saying, what's going on here? And all I've been telling them is telling it's, you, it's South Carolina, they have built a very, very good relationship with this young man. Now, again, the race isn't done yet, no. but after this past weekend, patience, patience. No. Starts so with telling Stewart. We've been calling this, I mean, the the whole time throughout his whole recruitment. I mean, not necessarily saying that South Carolina was as much of a favorite as they are now, but they've always been in the race and let alone maybe maybe have a slight lead on Ohio State. And so now the the national media and and on three national and, and ESPN, they're starting to pick up on the fact that South Carolina does have a lead on this kid. And I mean, I think that's not really to anybody's surprise who who have been following us, who have been following Dylan's recruitment and obviously Dylan, I mean, if, if you were in his shoes, I wouldn't be committing in, in June necessarily either because you have all of these schools, you know, playing their best hands to you and whatnot. Obviously I'm going to take my time to commit, but from everything we've heard out of this official visit weekend from what Dante said, and yes, Dante being the first guy committed, he's going to feel confident because he, he, they made their good pitch and whatnot, but everything Dante has said so far about, guys that are going to commit has come true. Um, so I, I wouldn't necessarily put it past him to predict the future once again. Um, so a guy like Dylan Stewart, like I said, he puts you back in the top 10, maybe even the top five of the, the rankings. Uh, huge, huge get mm. if you can get him. Obviously this weekend went really well, spoke very, very highly of it. Um, and then obviously Dante kind of 
you heard what he had to say. He gave you the rundown from, from everyone else's side of things. But, I mean, if, if you're Gamecock Nation or, or again, South Carolina football fan, you should be really, really, really excited about how things are trending with Dylan Stewart, how yep. things are trending with Jonathan Paylor, and all of those guys, like Dante said, that are uncommitted, that were on this official visit weekend. I heard it was one of the better official visit weekends that they've had in a while. So I would not be surprised at all if, if you get – you know, like Dante said, the 100% commitment out of everybody. So we go from Dylan Stewart now to Daniel Hill. And we're kind of just going down the list here. Mm-hmm. We're kind of just going down the list. And going with what Dante said, that he wouldn't be surprised, and I want to actually read it exactly the way he said it. Quote, I wouldn't be surprised if we go 100% with the kids who weren't committed within the next couple of months, being the kids that were on their official visits this past weekend. Yep. That doesn't mean, all right, that doesn't mean if I'm making this up, one of these guys, I'm not even going to say names because then Mike, you know, oh, Mike said that, you know, Dylan Hill's not going to come. But if one of these guys doesn't commit, all right. That happens. The point, being, 100%. The point being is Reno, and I can tell you from talking to other people close with the program, they feel very good. Now, and I was talking about this with Colin Taylor with baseball because USC is – in a position where they might be able to land Billy Amick. All right? Talking from a baseball standpoint. Obviously, there's some factors that you can't control, NIL being one of them, right? A school, we understand the rules. We understand uh, everything that goes with that. There's certain things, though, that you can't control. There's just the reality of it, right? We've talked about it before with Nicholas Harbor. I mean, go back to that recruitment. If Oregon wanted to, if they wanted to pay to have Nicholas Harper, they could have done that. Yep. They could have easily done that, right? I mean, Phil Knight, he practically tried to do that. And what happened? Harper said, I wanted to come to South Carolina. So my point being is there are some things that are out of South Carolina's control. I think we all know that, but especially now with NIL. With that being said, look at this next one. Daniel Hill, phenomenal running back. Look who it's between right now. And I could tell you right now. Big boy think, recruiting battle, Mike. Big boy recruiting battle. Daniel Hill loves South Carolina. He loves South Carolina. He's been on record over the last couple of days, but even before this past weekend that he loves South Carolina. Alabama is still very much um, committed to him, though, in terms of they're going to do what they can to bring him in. But, again, another talented, talented player. We know South Carolina – needs to add depth at running back, especially after this season. There's no question about that. And we can sit here and talk about transfer portals and all that kind of stuff. That's great. All right? That's great. At the end of the day, though, you need to bring in talented guys from a recruiting standpoint out of high school. You have to do that. You still have to do that from a football standpoint. Basketball, baseball, it's a little different. That's not to say you can't bring in talented guys from the transfer portal for football. We saw how it's worked at some other schools. We saw how it's worked at South Carolina. But at the end of the day, that's such a risk to say, oh, you know, don't worry about that. We'll just get someone out of the transfer pool. You need to be able to build the core. And especially with this young group, the talented players they have, think how talented this nucleus is when we're talking about the next two years, right? Two years from now. So if they're able to land a player like Daniel Hill, never mind Dylan Stewart, (laughs) never mind Dylan Stewart. If they're able to land Daniel Hill, okay, on top of that as well. 
So the whole the, the whole point of this, this the whole point of this exercise in Chern Joe, USC, they're in a great spot after this weekend. Not as many welcome home tweets. Not as many welcome home. They're in a great Trust spot. The process. Trust the process. This recruiting, especially with this class, Mike. I mean, this class is for all the hype it's gotten, and it's probably going to be one of the bigger classes in the next three, four, five years. I mean, we, we don't know what's what's next in, in store for the 2025, 2026. But to start, you know, a recruiting class or, or kind of a, a, a first couple years off with a class like 2024, it, it means a whole lot to a program like South Carolina. And then obviously you continue your momentum into 2025 and 2026. And I mean, Mike, we've talked about it a lot too. These are big, big boy recruits. Don't hurt your back against state. George, obviously Bama is still very much in the mix. If you go out and, and get these two guys um, in, in these big boy recruiting battles, it says a lot. Um, and a guy like Jonathan Taylor is also another as dude. As you mentioned, man. intern Joe, as you mentioned today, he, he dropped his top five today. And to no one uh, surprise, South Carolina was in it. Uh, South Carolina being right there. I mean, and we've been told this for a while, intern Joe, and I think a lot of people – who have been following not just Gamecock Central, but they follow on three, they follow recruiting services, you know, the websites out there. They have known that it's really been between South Carolina and North Carolina State. So again, we mention Daniel Hill. You see the percentage, and that's not to say anything's in stone. All right. Let's not get that misconstrued. That's not to say anything is in stone. But you saw the percentage from Daniel uh, from excuse me Dylan Stewart, who a week ago, again intern Joe, right on our program we showed the percentage of the RPM, and if you don't trust the RPM because on three is still fairly new, okay, head on over to another one, head on over to one of the other recruiting sites. Look at the crystal balls or whatever the heck they call them at their uh, their uh, recruiting site. It's all swinging that way. It's all going For that all way. Of these West, not Wes, Chris, and I'm telling you right now too, Wes and Chris, they've been on top of all of oh, us. Yeah. So not if you're people. if you're not a subscriber to Gamecock Central, I highly, highly recommend taking advantage of all the specials that we have going on right now at GC. You can That's sign true. up, get three months for like ten bucks. You can sign up today, get half, um, half the year, or excuse me, get the full year for half price. Sign up for one month, get a buck. I mean, it's incredible. But I say all that because Jonathan Paler, right? Look Look at where it is. Look at where Daniel Hill is. Look at where Dylan Stewart is. And again, that's not to say anything's in stone. But to go back to what we were talking about, the people who are just scratching, they need their fix. They need their fix. When's my next welcome home coming? Patience. And it's not even about that next welcome home. It's about the caliber of not just player, caliber of players, caliber of prospects that South Carolina could be having to commit to their program in the very near future. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think we've summed it up pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah, my Paler would be a big one, obviously Daniel Hill. Um, and then Dylan Stewart being the big one. Um, you land those three guys, Mike, you're guaranteed a top 10 class possibly a top five. Um, 
if you can get those three guys. And like Dante said, he feels really, really, really good about it. And I trust anybody, um, and, and like especially Dante with that news. Um, so I, if it's coming out of Dante's mouth that he's confident in these guys um, to commit, going 100% for the guys that are uncommitted, I trust him. Um, if anybody's going to say that, it's Dante. So, uh, or if anybody knows as well as anybody, it's Dante. Sorry, I was trying to get that out. Um, but uh, yeah, no. So these three guys would be huge, putting South Carolina in again the mix for the national top, for for the top ten. I mean, it's huge. And when you have a top ten recruiting class, guys notice. And obviously, your results need to transfer onto the the field. You need to have a, a good and productive year um, in the fall. But I mean, if these classes all merge together, man, like 2025, the momentum is going to continue. And it has a little bit already. They've offered and gotten a couple commitments. But we're not quite there yet looking at 2025. But, I mean, you brought up Wes and Chris. They're, they're on top of everything. The best in the biz um, over here at Gamecock Central, Wes Mitchell, Chris Clark. Um, so, yeah, um, the bottom line, the ticker, get Gamecock Central for three months, only for a dollar or 50% off your yearly subscription. Got a lot of deals running right now. No better time to subscribe to Gamecock Central. And with that being said, too, I'm going to flip on over to this, too, because, look, it's a big part of it. NIL is a big part. You want to help support Garnet Trust? There's the link on the bottom. Um, before we hit a break, intern Joe, mm-hmm. before we hit a break, I'm going to tease it, and then we will talk about it on the other side once we hit our ads. We've set all of this. We've set all of this up about how this past weekend went for South Carolina. They haven't had the big welcome home that some fans would have liked to have seen within the first 24, 48 hours. But it's on the horizon. Could be on the horizon very, very soon. And by the way, there's also a silent commit that dates back all the way to, they say all the way, Feels like it's longer than this. June 12th, he was one of three welcome homes that day from Beamer. There is still one welcome home, silent commit from that June 12th date. That is still out there. But last night, David Busey, he is a three-star defensive back. If you go on to on three, I don't even know if it's updated quite yet. But um, he didn't have a rating quite yet in on three's system. I'm looking right now. Still no update on Busey from a rating standpoint. Uh, 24-7 has him rated as the 98th linebacker in the country. And then Rivals has also given him a three-star. But he's still fairly new to the recruiting scene. Yeah. I had a problem, and I saw some, you know, one jabroni, but I'm sure there was other people out there that get so worked up. I'm just going to use Busey for an example. That get so worked up, and it goes back to what I was saying before. It's just like you realize this is Shane Beamer's third year, and look what he's already been able to do and how ahead USC is right now with recruiting in comparison to where they've ever been at this point historically at the end of June. But yet some people are so worked up about three-star. A three-star committing to your school. 
never mind the fact that every school in the country has three stars. So we're going to take a timeout. I'm going to take a sip of water because I'm going to need it. Yeah. And then when we come back after these ads, I'm going to give my little rant about that. Absolutely. So right. we'll Joe, about, let's get into our first one. Yeah, our good friends over at Tax, Liberty Tax. Uh, tax ID is that uncertain feeling you get right before doing taxes, but you don't have to go through it alone. The tax team at Liberty Tax and Irmo, Lexington, and Columbia will walk you through the process, clear up any confusion, and guarantee you'll get the biggest possible refund or your money back. It's tax time. If you're in a hurry for your refund, call the tax team at Liberty Tax. Fast, accurate, and guaranteed. On the other hand, if you think you might be owing Uncle Sam, Talk to Liberty Tax Team to make sure you're not paying more than you should owe. They'll find every possible deduction for you. Locally owned and operated staff by tax professionals from your neighborhood. Open 99 on weekdays, 9 to 5 on Saturdays with multiple service options. Start with the Liberty Tax mobile app or through the desktop portal. Make an appointment or just walk in. Give a call to upload your tax documents. And when you come in, your return will be ready to review and sign. Give them a call at 803-462-5576. Once again, give them a call. 803-462-5576. Today's show is also brought to you by our good friend Clint Hammond at the Movement Mortgage. Clint has done a tremendous job of helping so many people throughout this state. He also helped our very own Wes Mitchell and former Gamecock quarterback Perry Orth when they were purchasing their homes. And obviously right now, for those of you out there that are going through the process of trying to buy a home, you understand how difficult it is. You're trying to get the best rates, and that's been difficult over the last couple months. But Clint will do the best he can. Him and his team, they do a tremendous job, and they will look for the best rate. They will look to be able to make that process so much easier for you so that when you buy your new home, one less headache you have to worry about because you know you're in good hands with Clint Hammond at the Movement Mortgage. Give Clint a call over at 803-771-6933. Again, is Clint Hammond of the Movement Mortgage. He has been a longtime supporter of not just Gamecock Central, but these shows that you see every day and every week with GC Live with the boys here at Gamecock Central. Intern Joe's up to get a little water. And as Intern Joe does that, we're going to get into talking about Mr. David Busey, okay? Last night, the three-star defensive back committed to the Gamecocks. And again, you see you see, he's listed as a linebacker currently. South Carolina is recruiting him as a defensive back. Safety, can also play a little nickel if needed, okay? There were some, not all. And for every hand bone that decides to tweet something out, I'm sure there's a couple more that aren't tweeting things out, but feel that way. And that's okay. Not everyone is lumped into what I'm about to say. But and not everyone needs to hear this, but I will say it anyway. In turn, Joe, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to go pull something up at what we were looking at, right? Georgia, they have seven three-stars. They are the number one ranked team for recruiting for the class of 2024 currently. Ohio State, they have two. Florida, five. Alabama, one. Clemson, three. USC, three. Michigan, 11. Notre Dame, nine. Penn State, nine. Oregon, six. Tennessee, five. LSU, four. And South Carolina, four. Now, I'm going to click on this because I want to show that some of these aren't going to show up 
the same way because Busey is not registered right now in our system. So should be really five three stars for South Carolina. Okay. Five. The reason I'm bringing all this up, there are 12 teams ahead of South Carolina currently in recruiting for the class of 2024. Mm -hmm. If we give South Carolina that fifth, right? Because again, Busey's just not in the database quite yet. But even with that, 12 teams ahead of South Carolina currently, eight of them have more three stars committed to their program. I say all this, and I'm not... And I know I've seen some people pop up the Connorshaws and the Debo I'm done using that as an argument with some people because I feel like when you when you use it, it's just like, all right, how about the other three stars that came in? I get that. The point being is the five stars, four stars for every team that you have that's in Alabama, Georgia, whoever, right? Insert big name school here, Ohio State. Even Clemson, for every five-star, for every four-star they have, they have some talented three-stars that come through. And that's not to say that David Busey will be this All-American or he'll be the next DJ Swearinger, the next Connor Shaw, the next Debo Samuel, but it's being able to find players that when you have that puzzle, right? Your program's like a giant puzzle. He can be that piece that can help you make that picture. Yeah. You need guys like that. And I'm not saying that Busey won't, you know, will be just a role player. I'm not saying he'll just be a special teams guy. But again, I'm not saying he'll be the next, you know, DJ Swearinger, the next All American that the Gamecocks have. But man, whether it be Busey, whether it be any three star that South Carolina has, three stars happen at every friggin' school across the country. Yeah. And as I just showed you, as we just went down the list, what the hell are you bitching at right now? Really? If there's anyone out there, what the hell are you bitching at? At least right now, the Gamecocks have more freaking four stars before we even reach July than they've ever had before from a recruiting cycle, okay? And you're upset. You're upset that out of the top 13 schools in the country for recruiting right now, that South Carolina, that South Carolina has what? The ninth most? The ninth? What? I, it blows my mind sometimes how people just, they can't process that. So again, I say that because you know what? South Carolina, they're probably going to pick up a couple more three stars before it's all said and done. Yeah. It's, my, you know, it just, it, it blows my mind in turn, Joe. It's simple. Every team needs a couple glue guys. And I saw Lynn's comment. I love this comment. Every school signs three star players, not even Bama, Georgia only signed four stars, five stars, not to mention some of our legends were three stars. I love hungry three star players with a chip on their shoulders. Absolutely. Lynn took the words out of my mouth. Like, this David Busey kid, if you think he's he's going to come in here and, and act all complacent, I think you're dead wrong. Um, he's the type of kid, really athletic. I saw him play last week at these camps. Very, very, very athletic. Um, lacrosse kid, too. Um, that, that also does well for me. I come from a lacrosse family. My little brother playing up at Rutgers, obviously. 
whatnot. But lacrosse kids are freakishly athletic. And like I saw last week, David Busey is no exception to that rule. Really, really, really good tape as Mike's bringing it up right now. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of his tape. Um, a fan of what I saw last week. Just good instincts. Yes. I, what I like about him in, in intern Joe, you mentioned the lacrosse part. He yeah. is just an athletic kid. And when you talk about versatility, right? When I think of three stars, and it doesn't even have to be a three star, it could be a four star, it could be a five star. But typically, as you go up and depending on what the position is, mm-hmm. when you get to those five stars, you kind of have an idea, unless it's like a, you know, Nicholas Harbor, right? Is mm-hmm. he going to play edge or is he going to be a wide receiver or tight end, you know, right? But for a kid like him, and you're trying to figure out, okay, we have a three star coming in here, and I and, and I and I'm, I feel bad just keep bringing that part up when I talk about Busey, but I bring it up because whether he's a three star, four star, two star, whatever the case may be, what I really like about this kid is that he has the ability to play multiple positions for you if needed, right? And we're talking about it with a guy like. Nick Gargiulo on the offensive line, yeah. different position, opposite side of the ball, but wow. the same idea, which is yeah. Gargiulo adds so much to your team because of the versatility, right? They're in a pinch right now with left tackle. If Gargiulo needs to go down and play left tackle, he'll play left tackle. If South, Car- South Carolina needs Gargiulo to play center, he can play center. He can play guard. He can do it all. With Busey coming in here, he's a guy that, can make an impact on special teams. And the reason I say that right away is because I noticed just how athletic he is. Look what he's doing on both sides of the ball. I mean, he had over 700 yards receiving uh, this past season. He was the 3A player of the year for the state of Georgia. Phenomenal lacrosse player as well. (laughs) But defensively, in turn, Joe, he'll be a guy that will play either safety or nickel. And I keep saying nickel in there because – USC has done a great job of just finding guys that can just play ball. I mean, yeah. look at what Torian Gray has been able to do. That's the other thing, too. Torian Gray has developed so many talented players who either they come in right away and they make a difference or they're a little underrated, and yet he finds a way to bring the best out of them. That's what should excite you if you're a Gamecock fan. You have a guy that's coming in here that is versatile, that has good instincts, all right? Does that mean he'll be the next All-American? No, but at the same time, too, he's a guy that can make a difference. And I like how South Carolina was able to find this young man because he seems like he's someone that truly is, as cliche as the phrase is, a diamond in the rough. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I know lacrosse isn't that as big down here, but, I mean, it translates a lot in terms of absolutely and um, physicality a little bit, too, and I think Busey, um, we talked about coming in with a chip on his shoulder. I, I would think he would be a South Carolina kid no matter what. Like he, one of those guys that's going to develop, probably play all four years, depending on how well and how early he gets in the lineup. I mean, it's going to be – he'll be one of those kids where he gets on campus, puts on some weight, and you like are like, oh, my gosh. Like he did not look like how he did the summer before he came in. So um, a lot of potential. You brought up Gargiulo. I loved that take. Just so much upside, right? We see that a lot with South Carolina. And Busey is one of those guys. Um, you mentioned him playing on special teams. I'm sure Pete Lembo can find a role for him on special teams. And defensively, you know how much Clayton White loves athleticism and how free-flowing his defense is. And Torian Gray also. I mean, all of the DBs that South Carolina's had in these last couple of years have just been 
athletic freaks and beauty applies perfectly. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm really interested to see what kind of weight and stuff he can get like put on when he gets on campus. Obviously we're a year out from that, but with a guy with that much athleticism, all you need is, is a D one lifting program and you're good as gravy. You have a good role player in there. Like I said, I think Busey likes South Carolina. I think he'll be here. He's not going to be one of those guys that would transfer out. Um, kind of a glue guy. Like I said, every team needs those glue guys. David Busey is one of them. And just, again, like so much upside with the kid. Um, and I, I think it's a really good pickup um, to kind of round out the back half of this class. And could be even a little underrated, too. I know on three doesn't yeah. have him up. But, um, you know, could be one of those guys that we could see jump a little bit in points. Well, I don't know if he's going to get up to a four-star or not. But, I mean, and it's still- not – and it's not to say, and I'm glad you brought that up. You know, we don't know yet what will happen with his ranking when it's all said and done before he arrives at USC. We talked about it last week with Fred Johnson. Fred Johnson is a player who, as a three-star, that is a steal. That is a steal. He's Stop. put on 30 pounds. And, again, it's not even about three stars and four stars and, you know, uh, two, whatever the case may be, they come in all different shapes and sizes, right? It's the fact that Beamer in this staff have been able to identify certain players. Now, certainly, certainly, you would be naive to believe that they will hit on every single player in terms of what they believe they will be able to do once they arrive at South Carolina and how it plays out, right? I think you would be naive, and I'm not even specifically talking about the class of 2024. I'm talking about the guys that are already on campus, guys that have been in the program for the last two years under Beamer, guys that are heading into their third year. Could be a guy for the class of 2025, 2026, whatever the case may be. It happens everywhere across the country. I think we can all agree on that, right? Yes. So when you're talking about identifying that back half of your recruiting class, and again, as we mentioned and we showed, South Carolina, the fact that they have five Five commits. We'll show just four on on three because David Busey, again, not in our system quite yet. But David Busey will, you know, three-star, con- uh, considered a three-star of these other two recruiting websites. So we're going to call him a three-star here on ours for the time being. You have five three-star commits. Michigan has 11 three-stars. Georgia has seven. And I know what will happen. Well, how many five-stars they have? How many four-stars they have? Michigan has zero five stars right now but they have 11 three-star commits florida they have five they're right there with you they have zero five-star commits they just have a couple more four stars than you currently but as we mentioned before as we mentioned before south carolina has more four stars committed as of today we're not in july yet and at least and i and i want to i should preface this when I say this is the most they've had before heading into the month of July, it's the most they've had before heading into the month of July, at least on uh, our records, right? You can go back. Some of it's not as recorded. Once you get past, I think maybe 2015, 2014, it starts to kind of – but again, I think we can all assume that this is the most they've had at this point in their history. And the reason why is, again, just the trends, how things are different with players deciding to commit a little bit earlier. That's not to say that players didn't commit early in the past, 
but it's become more of a norm over the last couple of years, especially in the era of the transfer portal, because now coaches have to take into consideration the number game. And that's really why they want to put a little bit more pressure on players to commit early because it helps them out. And it's not just South Carolina. It happens everywhere across the country. So again, what USC has been able to do right now, I think because of the success they've had with recruiting over the last two years and because of the success of the program of getting back to a point now where there are there is excitement in Columbia. There was a lot of excitement a year ago. There's a lot of excitement this year. People expect more. That's what happens when the bar continues to go up. But again, that doesn't mean everything's just going to happen overnight. And what USC has been able to do right now, it's okay to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, we didn't get any welcome homes over the weekend. But man, man, look what they've been able to do so far. Mm-hmm. Heading into the month of July. And what could be, just looking at those three players, right? Those three prospects, player, Hill, Stort. You're in good position right now to land all three of those guys. And that's just those three. Never mind the fact that you still have a silent commit from June 12th. Never mind the fact that you still have other pieces that will play out in this class. You are sitting pretty right now. You are sitting very pretty right now. It's okay to smile. It's okay to smile. I'm not going to tell anybody. It's okay to smile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I I, I think this is kind of the true nature of South Carolina football. Um, It's good until it's it's not. Um, And it's really hard to kind of – take things um, as they are and, and for the good. That's one thing I've kind of picked up since I've been down here. And don't get me wrong, it's the same thing at Notre Dame. Um, the fan base, it just you can't have anything good. But I, I agree, Mike. Uh, this 2024 class should be giving you a lot of reasons to smile. And, I mean, like I said earlier, this is only recruiting. These are only stars. These guys haven't even gotten on campus yet. But it's all potential. But uh, like I said earlier, I think – you are starting to see some of the guys that Beamer has recruited, some of his classes that have been hyped up are coming in, and you're starting to see what Beamer has done on the recruiting trail. You're starting to see that pay off. And I think this year will be the big year where you're starting to see guys like a Pup Howard. I mean, we've already seen Stone Blant and Nicky Minwari. We've seen those guys already produce, but I, I think this year is going to be even bigger, and it's just going to keep rolling on, you know, um, these recruits coming in and we talked about Busey for a good amount of time. You're, you're going to have those underrated guys that are going to step up in big ways. I, there's, there's a lot of reasons to be happy if you're a South Carolina football fan right now, and it's perfectly okay to sit here in June, even without those guys committed to, you know, be okay with where you're at um, considering the amount of guys that's committed before July and just considering how good, I, I mean, Dante feels about it. Dante, <laughs> To, to no pun intended, but he's been quarterbacking this class um, really, really well. And so for him to say what he did, um, I think it's huge. Um, and, and it's only going to get better, Mike, like I said. Absolutely, intern Joe. I uh, We're going to change things up a little bit. We're going to wrap things up. New South Carolina track and field coach Tim Hall met with the media today. And the reason we're showing this is because he was asked a question, actually, I think it was the second or third question in, maybe just the second question in, about Nicholas Harbor. If he's had an opportunity to talk with him at all and just the plan with him. 
So I want to play that because some people may not have heard of this yet. Um, of course, Curtis Fry retired and um, will we'll be retiring. But because of his retirement, you have a new coach coming on in. I think a lot of people instantly, they started asking questions like, man, what does this mean for Nicholas Harbor? And has Harbor ever a chance to talk with them? Tim Hall, he addressed all of that in his answer. So I'm just going to play that right now. We'll take a listen. I can't wait. I, actually, he's going to be my next conversation after I finish communicating with y'all. Uh, Nick is a tremendous dual sport athlete that I, I just can't wait to get the uh, opportunity to work with. Can't wait to uh, speak with Coach Beamer to kind of put formulate a plan that's going to be conducive for both sports. I think they're going to complement both. Uh, the things that we do and the things they do on the gridiron is going to complement both. So super excited about meeting him. Um, putting a plan together for him, uh, and then actually on the track, just trying to recruit and put some pieces together to help him him meet his ultimate goals. I understand he's very ambitious about track and, and doing it at the next level, so it's my job to put pieces around him to, to cultivate that and, and help him through, through his, uh, help him see his vision out. Again, that is Tim Hall, the newly hired South Carolina track and field coach, speaking with the local media for the first time just today on Tuesday, June 27th. I, I like how he mentioned in there, as soon as I'm done talking with you guys, I am calling Nicholas Harbor. I'm getting him on the phone. I think that's important because, yeah. look, it's not always going to be like peanut butter and jelly, but you are going to have dual sport athletes. And track certainly is the first one that you think of, right? You think of just because. And if, if South Carolina is able to build that relationship up is what I'm trying to get at. You have to be able to have relationships with not just the football coach and uh, Don Staley. That's great. But you need coaches that can coexist with each other. And from everything that we've heard publicly, and I can tell you too, from everything from behind the scenes, from my conversations with some of these coaches, because of the job Beamer has done with being able to get to know other coaches, and it's not even coaches that you may be working with indirectly, like a Mark Kingston, right? If Stone Bland wants to go out next season for baseball or a track and field, like we've seen with Curtis Fry, it's been with softball with head coach Beverly Smith. It's been with women's basketball, like Don Staley, right? So yeah. that re that relationship that Beamer has, that he will have with Tim Hall, because there's no question in my mind that he'll do that. And just like he's done with uh, Lamont Paris as well, he will make him feel welcomed, but he's also going to find ways where he can build a working relationship so they can figure out what is in the best interest of Nicholas Harbor. Now, the reason why I keep stressing that so much in turn, Joe, is because in the long term, especially with the new coach, and it's a lot of pressure, unfortunately, on Tim Hall, and it's unfortunate in, in some regards, but it can also be a very uh, good thing. It could be a blessing to have a guy like Harbor right now. What happens with Harbor during his time at USC, regardless of how many years that is, he will also become a mouthpiece for USC when it comes to recruiting, especially for guys that want to do both, that want to play football and do track and field. He will be the guy that they will turn to, right? If there's a player in the next couple of years that wants to do, wants to replicate 
what Harbor is doing. And there's obviously other football players that have done track and field in the last couple years. There's guys actually still in the program, I believe, still that do track and field that are on the football team. But Harbor will be the guy. Harbor will be the guy that recruits will turn to. If you have a player for the class of 2025 that comes in a year from now, and he's on campus, and he wants to do both, you know who one of the first people he's going to want to talk to? Yeah, he's going to want to talk to Shane Beamer. Yeah, he's going to want to talk to Tim Hall. He's going to want to talk to Nicholas Harbor. And he's going to say, okay, man, just tell me what, what was it like, you know? Is this the place to come when it comes to being able to do both? What has your experience been like in a short period of time? That's a lot of pressure, again, on Hall. And that's something that he can't really control, but that's just the circumstances, right? I mean, that's just what happens. I was muted. I apologize. Um, but yeah, no. So I, I, I like the dual sport athlete. I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit with Busey and lacrosse, but um, I think having guys that, that play both obviously increases your relationship of football across other teams on campus, but also to you, you see that, right? Like guys that can play multiple sports have been set up for more success down the road. And, Everything I've heard from within the building about what Nicholas Harbor has been doing already, um, I've heard the DVs do not like guarding him in practice. Um, I, I've heard that he is very, 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 very quick and probably quicker than advertised um, so far. But I, I think it's great that, um, you know, that Tim – I'm sorry, I'm – Tim Hall, I believe. Tim Hill. I know, we, we, we've had Tim Hills in this town yeah. on radio. Tim Hall. Tim Hall, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really impressed with his opening press conference. Um, he seems like he he's he has a plan together or is generating a very good plan for Harbor. Um, and kind of almost reminds me a little bit like Coach Fry a little bit too. A little soft-spoken, but really, really, really knows the sport and knows how to manage players. Um, younger guy too, I think that's going to resonate as well. And um, you just – Things you like to see, Mike, um, are other coaches that are more than willing to take on football players and want to do both. Um, and I think that's huge, especially, like I said, when you can get guys that play multiple sports. I think that's something that specialization is kind of killing nowadays um, in, in terms of high school athletes. I think you want guys that play multiple sports. Um, and so I, I love it. I was, I was very impressed with his um, opening presser and just kind of how he sounded about Nick. Uh, I, I don't know who wouldn't be excited to go talk to him and generate a plan for, for that kind of player. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited also to kind of get out to some of this track, these track events, just watch them run. Cause I've heard everything I've heard from, from every, everybody in DC and on Twitter that it's very, very, very fun to watch. Now there's been some great events over the last couple of years, SEC events as well held at that track and field that they, I mean, shoot, it's fairly new to intern Joe. I mean, I had an opportunity to go over there when they built it and Curtis Fry, of course, the then head coach for the track and field program for USC and obviously a legend And that, that word cannot be, I wish there was another word to describe him because he is a legend in so many ways of what he's been able to do from a historical standpoint. You're talking about breaking barriers and all that, but um, no, it's, it's outstanding. And he, he put a lot of um, blood, sweat and tears into making sure that stadium over there and that track 
is one of the best that they could have done uh, with their efforts. And certainly if you drive by Rosewood and you have an opportunity to look in, you can see just that, but absolutely uh, recommend anyone that has not been over there to head on over there for an event. want to wrap things up a little differently tonight. Some uh, sad news to report in the world of SEC. Um, also professional Football, depending on uh, if you remember what teams he was with. I know Ryan Mallett, he was a New England Patriot for a little bit, hopped around, but he was an absolute gunslinger, gunslinger at Arkansas. He has passed away today. He was a head football coach down in Florida. Excuse me, he was a head football coach, and he unfortunately and tragically died today. Uh, he drowned um, down in Florida. And the reason I'm just trying to make sure I get all the facts right as I read this, because, again, this happened, or at least it was reported, right before we hopped on. So I'm reading some of it, getting more details as I relay them to you guys. But uh, multiple sources tell Delta Plex News that Mallet was transported to a Florida hospital from a beach. Uh, he was pronounced deceased at the hospital. And and again, you just think about how talented that young man was. And the crazy thing is, he was playing college football about just over a decade ago. Just over a decade ago. And he passes away today at the, the age of 35. Yeah. Really, really sad day for SEC football, for football in general. Ryan Mallett was one of those dudes, man. He could play. Um, and really, really tragic, um, you know, way to go out and stuff. And just, I mean, so young, too. A lot of potential in coaching and, and stuff like that. So really, really sad day for sport of football, SEC football, and also, you know, the Mallet family in Arkansas as well. Yeah, he just took that high school job, Whitehall High School in Arkansas, just a, a year ago actually so he only had one season so you think about the the family um and everyone that he's impacted and touched but think about those players too you know they're going through i can't even imagine being you know 15 16 17 18 years old and your head coach passes away about what a month before you report and get ready i mean obviously there's probably a lot of summer running and training going on right now but um yeah just tragic but uh, just to remember him from an SEC standpoint, 2010 was a year that a lot of people will remember him slinging that ball all over the field through for nearly 3,900 yards, 32 touchdowns, and earned second team all SEC honors. And you think about 2010, there were a lot of talented players in the SEC that year. Uh, to, to be able to do what he did, to do what he did in 2010, it says a lot because that conference was just loaded, loaded with talent. And um, again, to see that news come across today, it really, um, I, I just, I, w- I was just shocked. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I was just shocked um, because of just how young he was. But Cam Cam Newton was the, the player of, you know, obviously went on to win the Heisman that year. But I just think about, you know, the point being, intern Joe, that 2010 season, and obviously South Carolina fans remember 2010 for a different reason. 
but um, it just speaks volumes of what he was able to do during a year where there was just so much talent in the conference as well. Yeah, plain and simple. So again, thoughts and prayers with the Mallet family. Intern Joe, any final thoughts here as we wrap things up? I know we kind of talked about it before with the official visit weekend that just took place, the final one yeah. of uh, the month of June for South Carolina as they turn their attention now to July, and there's going to be a lot of waiting. There's going to be a lot of, yeah. uh, you know, I think of that SpongeBob gif, just sitting at the coffee shop, and you're yeah. just hands are crossed. You're just waiting. That's where we're at right now. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, it's a gif. But anyways, uh, my, my my two cents here is just trust the process. Um, I know July is kind of a, a dead period, or at least the start of July is a dead period. But uh, be on the lookout. Some guys are going to commit, and it's going to be very, very, very big for South Carolina. Although you didn't get as many welcome homes this weekend, you're going to see it very soon. So just patience and the month of – let the month of July do the work, it because believe me, it will. Um, so I, I think South Carolina fans are going to be very, very happy with what comes out of July, like Dante said. Um, it's going to be a big month for them. So trust the process, just patience. It's right around the corner. Enjoy your July. Fourth of July is coming up. It's going to be a good month. Yeah, intern Joe, you say that. We are not going to be on the air next week. We will yeah. take a week off to recharge a little bit. Um, but also because it'll be the 4th of July and we hope everyone has a safe and fun 4th of July weekend, wherever you go, if you stay in town or not. But in the meantime, if you need your Gamecock fix, be sure to head on over to GamecockCentral.com. As I mentioned before, a lot of specials going on. A lot of specials. We'll run that ticker one more time at the bottom before we sign on off. And we also have an episode of Foul Balls coming at you live tomorrow night at 7. Just kind of recap the baseball season, all the transfers, where they're at right now, how they're sitting with all the, the prospective guys and how the coaching staff is also shaking out. Obviously, LSU taking the dub last night. We'll recap everything. Gamecock baseball gets you ready for the summer, the, re- the portal, how they're doing already, and get you ready for the fall um, for for ball ball it's crazy to think that we're thinking about baseball already <laughs> one more thing too and i apologize i mean it kind of just slipped my mind we're talking about all the th- matthew fuller yeah he committed um between the last time that we were also on air so mm-hmm. matthew fuller another commitment for the game cox oh, that took place that took place on the 23rd so matthew fuller committing to the game cox what i like about fuller intern joe when yeah. we talk about these three stars i mean he's a four star by espn What I like about Fuller is he is someone, the way that he runs, he's just fast. Fast player. The bad man, Mike. And he also, what I also like about him is he plays for Connor Shaw's brother out in Georgia. So, again, you're getting someone, and I'll just play the highlights real quick because we didn't have a chance to um, really talk about him as much, and I apologize for that. But you have someone that has speed, that can move, but he also is playing for someone that understands what South Carolina is all about. As you see some of his highlights here. Again, Matthew Fuller from Georgia. Yeah. I mean, when you're playing for Connor Shaw's brother, um, it's hard not to get a South Carolina recruiting pitch. This kid is quick, 
fast and just he runs like his feet are on fire, Mike. Um, it, I think he's going to be a great addition to the running back room. We talked about three stars with a lot of upside. This kid is definitely one of them. I mean, you look at him go through the tackles there. I, I mean, what's impressed me most about this kid is uh, he's really good at finding the gap and then just breaking away from everybody. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's good at finding the hole. And then once he finds the hole, it's see you tomorrow. Um, really, really, really good speed and just runs so hard. Got a pretty decent frame too. I'm like one of those guys that's going to get here and put on some weight. And again, like Busey, he's going to, you'll see him after about a summer's of work and be like, damn, man, like that kid put on some weight. So I'm excited. I'm happy for Matthew for his commitment. Um, again, in the SEC, you can't have enough running backs. So big, big addition. Six feet tall, 210 pounds. But as intern Joe mentioned, he could certainly put on some more weight, uh, some good weight, some good muscle. I mean, you think about that all the time, right? I mean, I, I, I think of a guy like Cam Pringle, for example, right? Big dude. But at the same time, too, a lot of these guys still have that baby fat on them. And that's no disrespect to the strength and conditioning coaches at the high school level or some of their personal trainers. But you get to South Carolina, you've seen the job that Luke Day has been able to do. And, oh, by the way, I don't know if it's still up, but it was a funny It was funny just reading it. on Joyner posted on his story on Instagram today that he needs to find a place that he can just get, like, some generic T-shirts because none of his clothes are fitting him anymore. He's just getting too big. He needs XLs uh, because he's getting much bigger. He's putting a lot of muscle because he's going to be playing running back in the SEC. Yeah, that'd be good. A big red. I know you said you asked any news on the five-star player. You're talking about Dylan Stewart. Trending well. Going well. And we had much more on that. So if you missed any of the show, Big Red, or for anyone out there that missed the beginning of our show, we talked a lot about Dylan Stewart. We talked a lot about Daniel Hill. We talked about a bunch of players who were on campus, prospects, this past weekend during official visit weekend for South Carolina. We had the quote from Dante Reno. We had all of that. We will. We broke it all down. Gave you the percentage from the re- recruiting prediction machine on on three. You can go back, Gamecock Central's YouTube page, and you can watch the show in its entirety there. As well as, if you're more of a podcast listener, this show will be up and running tomorrow on Gamecock Central's platform. Uh, excuse me, podcast platform. Say that five times fast. Yeah. We'll also have uh, people clips up on YouTube as well. So absolutely. So thank you. All right, intern Joe, appreciate it. Hope you have a good Fourth of July week, and we appreciate everyone that tuned in tonight. Again, no show next Tuesday, but we will be back at it again the following week. And just one other thing to throw out there: congratulations to Gigi Jackson after being drafted this past week, and he is heading off to Memphis. Got some good barbecue there. It's been a while. Might have to head on back to Beale Street. Have yourself a good night, and again, appreciate everyone that tuned in tonight. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.